What's up, Table Fam? How are we guys? Man, can y'all just look around the room for a second? This is really cool. And, and you're looking around saying, look, I hope you're wearing a mask. I'm wearing a mask. This is fun, but let's be safe with this. Y'all, I am so excited to be back. Um, if we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Isaac. I'm one of the pastors here at the table. And I'm just kind of seeing what we, okay, so we got some sweater action going on. We got some polos going on. Uh, was it a little chilly outside coming in? A little bit, not too, just a little bit, not too much. No, enough. Florida. Uh, you know, I was like referencing and like whenever you can tell like it's colder because I'm wearing a jacket up here and it's only like in January. And then for the, for the rest of the part, like I'm uh, short sleeved. But y'all, I am so excited to be back. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Okay. Who here has seen Coco? Okay. I don't know what it is about uh, this Pixar movie that came out in 2018. I love Coco. Like, it just resonates with me very deeply. And I realized it's because I think I'm pretty much Miguel from Coco. I'm Mexican, um, half Mexican if you're keeping score at home. Um, I've been, I've had like a chancla thrown at me before, which is like a sandal, like when I was in trouble. Um, I have a family that's like very loving and also a family of musicians. I have that going on. Um, and for me, I also wanted to be an aspiring musician. Like when I was a kid and then whenever I got to, especially when I got to high school, like I just wanted to be like a world, not world famous, maybe a bit much, but I wanted to be like this famous traveling the world, like musician. Um, I grew up in church, so I wanted to do like Christian music, like traveling, like it just seemed really fun. That's what I wanted to do. So my first step was I actually became part of the church band. So kind of very similar to what we just experienced up here. Um, that was my experience to where I was going to a church in the Houston area back in Texas where I'm from. God's country, that's what to call it. Um, and while we were there, um, you know, plugging in at this church and the guys that I was with were all, like, stupid good. Like, every single one of them, other than me, was, like, this, like, professional studio-quality musician. So I'm there, like, barely hanging on, just, like, trying to be in the band. But seeing, they were traveling around the world. They were, like, these, like, really amazing professional musicians, and I wanted to be just like them. So I just wanted to hang around them and just do whatever they started doing. I was trying to fit in. So I started dressing like them, right? So they were, you know, the Spanish band, so I started wearing a lot more express, like with uh, open collar, like down to here, started gelling my hair a lot. Um, I started talking like that, like some Spanish slang, like, yeah, yeah, my hombre, you know. Um, I... Um, I, I was also, you know, being part of the band, like, you needed to be good. Like, these guys were, like, really, really good, and I wasn't good yet. So I remember just, like, being at home, like, in high school, like, 15, 16, 17 years old, and I would be at home, and you guys remember Windows Media Player? Am I dating myself? <laughs> yes? Oh, my gosh. Ugh, okay, I'm old now. Okay. Um, Windows Media Player. Uh, you can go in Wikipedia, that, in the archives later if you need to. And I remember just, like, slowing these songs down to really, like, try to, like, learn the parts. And I would be there, but I was also, like, really frustrated um, because I couldn't get it the way that these other guys could. And I was there listening to the song, but never quite felt good enough. And because of that, I feel like, you know what, I'm trying to fit in, and I'm trying to fit in, and I still, I don't feel like I belong. And I'm on stage behind a keyboard. And everyone else is there. We're literally playing the same song. We're doing the same thing together. I'm trying to fit in. I'm wearing the clothes. I'm talking. And I feel like I don't belong. 
Now, my suspicion is that I'm not the only one who has tried attempts to try to fit in with a group of people, all right? Um, let's say you moved to Orlando, right? This was me. When I first moved to Orlando, I was like, okay, I'm in Orlando now. Let me fit in. Disney Pass. There we go. I got my Disney Pass. I'm at Disney all the time, all day, every day. Maybe for you, you move to Orlando, and you join a group of people, and you're like, man, they seem really cool. Like, there's some like, cool guys, there's some cool girls in there, and they say, we like to run. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. And you find yourself at the shoe store, at the running shoe store, getting the shorts, putting the shoes on, waking up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday. Why? Because you're trying to fit in, right? And then eventually you're like, yeah, they're not that cool. I'm done. I'm done. I just can't. I can't do this anymore. Or you hate country music. You hate it. You hate it. I'm, look, I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying, hypothetically, there was a real strong reaction right here. Uh, you hate country music, but man, that cowgirl, that cowboy looks real cute in that hat, <laughs> in those boots, in that truck, and they start wanting to hang out with you, and you're like, you know what? Maybe country music isn't so bad. So, so you start listening to country music, and you're like, okay, Garth Brooks, I can get into this a little bit. Okay, okay, Eric Church, okay, okay. Um, and then fizzles out, doesn't work, and you're like, good, I never have to listen to country music ever again, thank God. Like, I'm good, I'm good, right? And we try to fit in. We try all these ways to fit in, right? Or maybe you see all of your friends are swiping on Instagram, on, I, I was about to say Facebook. Nobody uses Facebook anymore. I'm, again, dating myself. Um, on Instagram, uh, you know, on uh, TikTok. I'm, I'm trying to be cool to you guys. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying. Um, and you see, like, all of your friends just starting to get engaged and get rings. And you're like, oh, no. Like, I don't want to be, like, I got to get on this last helicopter out of Vietnam. Like, we got we to gotta do this thing. Um, uh, you, hobo on the street, uh, fine, we can just make this thing work. You know what? You're better than being single. Let's just do this thing. We'll, we'll try, right? Some of you, some of you in your attempt to, to fit in, even to some extent, Christian culture. Now, I'm saying Christian culture. I'm not saying Jesus. I'm saying Christian culture. You showed up at the table, and people were like, have you taken the Enneagram? <laughs> and you're like, Enneagram? And then they show you the diagram, and you're like, no, I'm not a witch. Like, really, I'm cool. I'm cool. And they're like, you must be a four. You don't want to be typed, right? Or they're like, or you start, you know, they're like, hey, have you heard Elevation Worship? Or have you heard Hillsong? And you're like, man, I really like Jay-Z and Beyonce, but I guess it can be okay, cool. This can be okay, too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you can listen to that. That's fine. But you really got to listen to Hillsong. You really got to listen to Elevation Worship. And you start wondering, like, why are there so many maxi skirts, like, around? Like, what's going on here? Right? You're, you're wondering, like, you're trying to, like, fake it till you make it. You, like, people are asking you, hey, did you vote? Are you a good American citizen? Did you vote? And you're like, yeah, I voted. And they're like, yes, but did you vote Republican? And you're like, did I? Is that a required? Like, what is, what is going on here, right? And you're tr just trying to fake it till you make it. And like, do I have the right Bible? Is there a wrong Bible? Is it the thin Bible? Is it the thick Bible? Is my Bible too thick? Am I, like, uncool because I'm carrying around a really thick Bible? But I like this one. It's helpful. It has, like, study notes to help me understand more. Am I praying the right way? Is 
there a right way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? Like, am I, like, pe- man, people say the word just a lot in prayer. It's like, God, if you can just, if you just help us and just help. Like, what is, like, do I need to say just that many times? Am I saying, Father God, enough? Man, and we're just faking it till we make it, trying to fit into Christian culture, just faking it till we feel it, trying to feel something. Like, I'm just going to keep moving forward until I feel something. I don't feel anything. What am I supposed to feel? What are Christians supposed to feel? I don't know. And we're just trying to fit in. And really, like me, trying to feel, a pl- f- trying to find a place of belonging. So the question we're going to look at today is, where am I going to find belonging? Where do I belong? Because here's what happens. This is my story. When I felt like I didn't belong, here was my story. I felt insecure. I lacked direction, right? I was lonely, and I was really discouraged. When you feel like you don't have a place where you belong, it can be really, really hard. So let's read in Luke chapter 15, because I think Jesus actually writes a story about belonging that's going to help us with our feelings of discouragement, insecurity, directionless, and loneliness. So let's read Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Verse 11, it says this. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. So here's what this younger son is trying to do. He said, Dad, give me my money. It belongs to me. Like, give it to me. Because he thought he's trying to find satisfaction. Right? So he thought, man, if I can just get this money, I can go and do whatever I want to do. And like the great Mick Jagger and Rolling Stones, here's what what we're going to find. He's saying, man, I can't get no satisfaction. I can't get no satisfaction. But you know what? And I try, as we see and hear in a little bit, and I try, and I try, and I try, and I can't get no satisfaction. So this younger son, this is his aim. I want us to remember this. This is his aim, as we see in the story. He's trying to feel satisfied. He's trying to feel something, right? He's trying to feel something. And his searching for satisfaction, it's going to lead to desperation. Because when we're desperate, we're going to go find belonging anywhere we think we can find it. Let's keep reading. Verse 13. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. Now, I say the phrase, reckless living, and some of us, it identifies immediately right? Immediately. We just know what reckless living feels like, right? Because with reckless living, we're trying to find satisfaction. We're desperate to feel something. We're trying to belong to something. And we know the feeling that we want to feel. We just don't know how to get it. So we're going to try, and 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 we still can't get no satisfaction, right? So we're off in relationships, we're off in sex, we're off in swiping on Tinder, we're off in drugs, we're off in binge drinking, another party, another late night. It felt terrible, but you know what? Let's do it again. Let's try something else. We can't find no satisfaction, but we're going to try, we're going to try, we're going to try, we're going to try. Now, I say that. That's some of us. That's not all of us. For some of us, when I say reckless living, it really didn't resonate. We're like, you know what? Yeah, that was those people, Isaac, that you just described. You know what? I'm not like those people. Um, like, I didn't do any of that. Like, I'm a good person. You know, I serve, at, serve in Sunday school. You know, I grew up in Sunday school, serve in kids ministry. Like, I'm a good person. I really haven't done, like, any of that. Like, that sounds like stuff you could get arrested for. I'm not, like, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. But 
our version of reckless living, it sounds a little more like this. Okay. So Tuesday, or a, a Tuesday, um, alarm goes off. Snooze. Nine minutes later. I know this well. Snooze. <laughs> Nine minutes later. Snooze. Nine minutes later, snooze. Some of y'all feel so convicted right now. <laughs> Nine minutes later, snooze, snooze, snooze. You're waking up. You call that a work sick, right? Repeat that. Again and again and again and again and again with the same job, doing the same thing over and over and over. And I'm not calling anybody out specifically, just over and over again. And where are we going in life? Nowhere. It's reckless. Some of us, that's not, laziness isn't us. Um, for some of us, it's like the exact opposite. 5.30, grind, let's go. You're like posting on Twitter. You're like, let's go, productivity. You listen to Tim Ferriss on your way to go work out, right? And you're just like going hard and going grinding and grinding. And like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, never stop. Let's go, let's go, let's go. The thought of sitting, like, no, I would never do that. Let's go, grind, 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 grind. Come on, let's go, let's go. Yo, are y'all exhausted? Imagine being that person. That's exhausting. I say this as that person. Just going all the time. You know what? It's reckless. You're going to destroy your family one day, if you haven't already. You're going to destroy your soul one day. I'm saying this out of love. I'll get to be more compassionate in a second. But to prove my point, just overworking is reckless. Okay, how about this one? It's late. Friends are out. And you're not. You're in. And you get real cozy under the covers, get your heavy blanket, right? get your popcorn, get your beverage of choice, wine for some. I'm not college students. Notebook. Twice. Three times. Four times. Five times. Six times. Seven times. You know what's happening? Same thing as the external reckless living people trying to feel something trying to feel love, trying to feel longing, right? Just trying to, trying to feel something. Or maybe, again, I'm dating myself with a notebook. Bridgerton, anybody? Ooh, ooh, got, that, got some, that got some reaction in the room, right? We're watching, imagining ourselves subconsciously in these roles, hoping that, you know, our lives may be like that one day where we can have that experience, right? And this, I know almost nothing about Bridgerton, so I'm going to stop talking. I just know people, people watch it. Trying to feel something. It's the same. Y'all, reckless living is the same thing. If you're like broadly, externally reckless living, okay. But you know what? There's a lot of internal reckless living that happens as well. Here's what happens though. The, the external reckless living people will turn to like the internally reckless living people and say, you haven't done anything. You don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. Like, please, whenever you experience what I've experienced, then we can talk. But until then, we don't have a lot to talk about. Internal reckless people are like, wow, you're a lot. Um, I'm just going to stay over here and let's just keep going our separate ways. And you know what? We're both here today. And you know what? All of us are reckless externally and all of us are reckless internally. And when we start pointing the finger, starting to start comparing reckless living to one another, that's going to sow so much disunity. So I'm saying, look, how do I know this? Because that was me. My story, I grew up in church. I grew up with a lot of internal recklessness. 
But then I started hanging around some people that had experienced some external recklessness. And you know what I thought? This is so dumb. I thought, you know what? Man, I know they're reckless, and I know they have a lot of, like, hardships and baggage and consequences from the life that they were living. But you know what? I want to be able to fit in, quote, fit in, let me fit in to these uh, externally reckless Christians. So I start venturing into external reckless living right? And I start pursuing relationships, right? And I start trying to just get people's approval of me, right? And I start overworking, right? And I start acting out, just trying to numb myself. And it got really dark for me. It got very dark. The longer you go searching for satisfaction, searching for belonging, the deeper you get into reckless living. And it gets really dark. Let's keep reading. It gets dark for the young Sue. It gets dark for the younger son too. So let's keep reading. Verse 14. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. Right? So we've never really experienced a famine, kind of. But, um, and whenever things are already bad, here comes uh, economic recession. Here comes a global pandemic. Right? Here comes social unrest. Right? Here comes political division. Right? Here it comes, you get fired at Disney, your car breaks down, your roommate leaves, you have to find a new apartment, and you got broken up with. It just really can't get any worse than that. When things were already bad, it got worse, right? So what happened? So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country and sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. So it started out, and now... Here's how it's going. Have you seen those memes, like how it started versus how it's going? Okay, we actually have a few. Let's look. Okay, how it started. 2020, yeah! How it's going. Tears. <laughs> right? Next one. How it started. I think I can be a plant parent. I think that sounds kind of fun. How it's going. I literally have a forest in my home. Yeah. Is that anybody, any plant people? Yeah? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Next one. How it started. Hi. <laughs> Oof. Sheesh. Golly. Okay, okay. Ooh, how it started. Oof. 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 Yep. Yep. And our, this is a prodigal son here, kind of bringing it back. How it started, partying in Vegas, right? Outlaws having a great time, wiling, doing whatever you want, do it if it feels good. How it's going, looking at pigs, right? That's his how it started versus how it's going. So here's what happened. Let's read in verse 17. This is, this is huge. Y'all, let's read in verse 17. This is so big. But when he came, let's, no, notice this. Notice what it says here. But when he came, who does he come to? When he came to himself, okay, we're going to unpack that in a second. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. So he came to himself. So I, I was researching this and actually found out a really helpful um, a message from uh, John Piper. You may have heard of him. He, he says this. He says, he came to himself. When you are alienated from God, you are always alienated from yourself. You can't know yourself or relate properly to yourself if you are running from the one who made yourself for himself. You were made by God in the image of God for God. Do you all know that? You were made by God in the image of God for God. And you're going to be looking for satisfaction and try and try and try and try and try until you wake up to yourself and wake up to this truth that you were created by God for God 
made in the image of God. And that's what it means that if you want to have a turn, look, you have to have a moment when you realize what I'm doing isn't working. I'm on this path and it's not working. I need to do something different. My hope for all of us is that we would want better for ourselves. That's my hope. There is better for you. If you're just stuck in a cycle of reckless living, look, I'm, I, I love you guys. There is better for you. This side. Look, I love you guys. There is better for you. Please, in the name of Jesus, wake up to yourself so you can recognize that you were created by God in the image of God for God. There is a better life than what some of us are living. We have to come to our senses to realize there is a better way to live. Let's look at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still way off, his father saw him and said, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Some of us this is our thought process, right? We wake up, you know, we're like, okay, look, I think God is something for me. I think Jesus is something for me. But man, I feel so unworthy. I am not worthy of anything. I've, I am the lowest of low. If I can just, it's almost like horseshoes. Like I don't even need to hit the pin. I just want to get a little close, right? Some of us, it's our view of God. We just feel so bad, so, so shameful for what? For the things that we've done, for the things that we've experienced and our reckless living internally, externally, doesn't matter. We just think, man, I, I just know that getting anywhere near, anywhere near, if I can just see him off in a distance, God, if I can just get kind of close, it's going to be better than what I'm doing right now, right? And some of, even some of us may have felt that way showing up today, Right? And this is the thought that some of us may have. We may think, you know what? The Bible is full of perfect people. The church is full of good and perfect people. I know I'm not perfect. I don't belong. And that thought is going to keep us away. And that thought is going to keep us from ever feeling like we belong. So we've said it a lot of times earlier today. It's like we are all imperfect we are all reckless, every single one of us. So I want to go ahead and smash that thought. If you have that thought, I'm going to go ahead and smash it right now, that none of us are perfect. All of us have been reckless. So welcome to the table, y'all. Okay. Verse 22. Uh, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for this. My son was, what's here? My son was dead. But you know what, y'all? But now he's alive. He was, what's this? He was lost. A lot of us are lost. A lot of us have felt lost. A lot of us don't want to be lost anymore. That's why we're here. Because we're to some extent trying to be not lost anymore. But here's what Jesus says. We were lost, but now he's found. And look at the response. They begin to celebrate. You think, if he knew, if he, if he knew that a party was going to happen when he came home, do you think he would have come home a little quicker? Right? Like, I don't know, I think, like, I'm assuming a little bit into this text, but I think a lot of us, as we just mentioned earlier, we feel so judged, we feel so condemned, we feel so much shame, we feel like, I am so unworthy, right? But look, with the response is, this is the heart of the Father. 
is that there's, there's this party. There's a celebration for whenever lost people get found, for when dead people become alive, right? That fear of judgment kept him away. Here's truth. There is no judgment. There's no condemnation. Jesus is saying, come home. I want to throw you a party. I want to throw you, I want to celebrate. I'm just so happy you're home. It's so incredible. I love you so much. Come home. Come home to me. This is incredible. I love you. We're going to party. We're going to celebrate. Let's be honest with what's going on. Let's admit our brokenness. Let's party. Let's celebrate. For some of us, 2020, it's been really hard. 2020 was a really hard year for a lot of us. Some of us did things in 2020 we never thought we would do. Some of us did things in 2020 we said we would never do again, right? Some of us started hanging out with people we said we weren't going to hang out with again. Some, some of us, 2020 just was not, was not good. And then what happened? Remember what we said? I can't wait till 2021. I can't wait till 2021. I can't wait till 2021. And then what happened? 2021 got here, and you know what? A year does not bring satisfaction, right? Relationships are not going to bring satisfaction. Trying to fit in somewhere, trying to speak the talk, trying to walk the walk, trying to wear the clothes, trying to pick up this random hobby you don't care about, it's not going to, you're not going to have a sense of belonging and satisfaction, right? So we're not, like, in 2021, we still wear masks. Far away somewhere now. I don't want to be hypocritical. Um, your friends at times still gossip about you, right? You're still single, some of us. We still don't have money, right? Not a lot is different in 2021, but just be honest, not, not a lot is different. Here, here's the big idea the satisfaction we're looking for is at home with Jesus Christ. If you want satisfaction, if you want belonging, if you, you don't want to feel like you need to try to fit in, No, there is no fitting in. Belonging and fitting in are separate things. The satisfaction we're looking for when we try and we try and we try and we try is at home in Jesus Christ, right? You belong. So we're asking where do we belong? We belong with a God who throws a party when we come home. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that loves us. That's the God that's calling you home right now, right? So for me, so I was um, in that dark season when things got dark for me and I was kind of coming out of that and kind of coming to my senses a little bit and coming to myself and recognizing the image that God put in me. Um, I remember I was living in Dallas. I was away from family. I'm from the Houston area, but I was working in Dallas. And um, Easter, right? And Easter is a time. It's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of random and not random. It's like a family holiday. Like you just typically just do a lot of Easter stuff with family, typically. So I didn't have any family in town. And I felt lonely. And I don't know why this Easter just kind of heightened that feeling of loneliness. So I went to a Saturday night Easter service, because I'm a good Christian, right? And I go to Saturday night Easter service, and just feeling lonely and knowing that after this, I didn't, the people that I was hanging out with or form, formerly hanging out with, I wasn't hanging out with them anymore. I felt lonely. I didn't really know where to go. didn't know where I belonged. Here's what happened. Um, one of my coworkers, um, who was there at the Easter service as well, it's Saturday night Easter service, and he says, Isaac, what are you doing? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, what are you doing for dinner? And I'm like, <laughs> nothing, why? <laughs> right? 
So, so he invites me. I'm just feeling, I'm like throwing this internal pit. He had no idea. I'm like pity partying myself, hardcore. Woe is me. I don't have any friends. Everything sucks. And here's like, Isaac, chill, bro. What are you doing for dinner? I'm like, nothing. He's like, come eat with us. And it was kind of random because it was him. He had just gotten married. So his brand new wife, um, she had a six-year-old daughter. So her six-year-old daughter and her mother-in-law or his mother-in-law. This really weird group of people went to eat at a Tex-Mex place, right? They're, they're in the Dallas area. So I'm sitting there with my, my, the buddy, uh, his wife, daughter, mother-in-law. It felt like home. It felt like home. And here's what I felt like God was telling me in that moment. I was like, Isaac, look, stop being an idiot. God tells me that a lot. Stop being an idiot. <laughs> All right? I'm going to provide for you. Look, coming home, I'm going to provide for you. You don't need to keep doing the things that you're doing. You don't, need to ge- you don't need to be going and trying to find satisfaction places that you know there's no satisfaction. Look, follow me, trust me, find satisfaction with me, and I'm going to provide for you, right? So, satisfaction, the satisfaction we're looking for is at home with Jesus, right? So if we know that to be true, if we know that to be true, what do we do with that? What does that mean? If we know that we only find satisfaction is at home with Jesus Christ, what does that mean? Here's what it means. And it's going to sound a little weird to some, but just hang with me. Here's what it means. One-on-one is how it's done. One-on-one is how it's done. Right? You want to find belonging, you need to be reminded of belonging in one-on-one relationships. You want to find actual friends that are following Jesus and helping you follow Jesus? That happens one-on-one. You know, look, groups are amazing. I, look, I love having a good time. I love having Anybody else? Am I the only one that likes having a good time? Yeah. yeah. yeah every, see, everyone that actually likes having a good time just went woo. Everyone else was like, I don't need to have a good time. I'm fine. <laughs> Y'all, chill, chill. Look, I like having a good time. I love groups. I love hanging out with groups. Here's what I know to be genuine. You can hide a lot in groups. You can hide a lot in groups. It's a lot harder to hide one-on-one. And as we're trying to find belonging, as we're trying to help people, that it's going to cultivate our satisfaction in Jesus, as we're trying to find these really safe relationships where we can be really honest with what's going on in our life, we can talk about this feeling of judgment that we feel sometimes, the shame that we feel, be open about our reckless living. Look, we're not telling you, hey, uh, let's just make a line right here. I'm going to put a microphone one by one. Let's all share our reckless living to everybody. No. <laughs> we do that at Celebration Night with people that opt to do that. But we don't, we don't mandate that for everyone, right? But here's what we do want. We want you to have relationships that you are safe and you can be honest with what's going on. And that happens one-on-one, right? One-on-one is how it's done. In a one-on-one relationship, you can find safety, Right? You can find security. You can be not in that necessarily in that relationship, but know that God is the one who's giving you all that, providing that in that relationship, the one-on-one relationships. One-on-one is how it's done. As well as, okay, there's a lot of people here in this room right now. This is a big place, right? This is a big place. There's a lot of people. It's kind of it's hard to meet people. It's kind of hard to feel like day one you're here, right? Some of you are here for the very first time tonight. It's hard to feel like you belong right now. You don't know anybody. It's like a, there's no assumption that you feel like you belong when you don't know anybody, right? So, so we want to help create this big place, feel a little smaller. We want to help provide for you some options for some one-on-one relationships, okay? Some of you may want that. 
Some of you may not, right? But if you kind of like what's going on here, and if you feel like, you know what, this whole one-on-one thing, finding somebody that I may know, I may not know, finding somebody that I can just be open with, that's not going to judge me, not going to condemn me, is going to celebrate the way that Jesus celebrates me, who can do that, like, yeah, that actually sounds pretty cool. So with this, what's going to happen is that we have out in the courtyard a connection lounge. And at the Connection Lounge, we have an amazing team of people that are the safest people here in our ministry, some of the safest people here at First Orlando, some of the safest people here um, in Orlando, who will just say, hey, you want to grab coffee? Let's grab coffee. Let's chat. You can share as much as you want to share. You don't have to share anything. I just want to hang. I want to get to know you. I want to hear your story. So if you like that, if you want to help us try to cultivate some one-on-one relationships in your life, then Connection Lounge is where you're going to want to go. All right, we're wrapping up here. Um, one thing I want to mention um, as well is um, as we're thinking through this idea of like coming to our senses and being awakened to um, what's going on like inside of us, um, in our next series starting next week, we have a series starting next week called, now, Dan, do we have that graphic? In my feels. In my feels. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. In my feels. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. You sure? Yes. Right? So what's going to happen? So in this series, starting next week, uh, we're going to be talking about what it means to be aware of what's going on inside of us. And then, um, so next week, we're talking about a very, um, just kind of broadly, what it means to actually feel things and what it means to be aware of feelings and how God may be trying to communicate to feelings and what happens whenever we disconnect, we disconnect ourselves from our feelings. Um, it's kind of what we talked about today, reckless living. When you're disconnected, spoiler for next week, <laughs> when you're disconnected from God, Reckless living. There we go. Um, but that's what we'll be talking about next week. We're going to talk about things like g- then going week by week, talking about anxiety, talking about anger, talking about fear, talking about sadness, right? So something to keep in mind as well. So here's, what, here's how I want to land the plane, how I want to end. We're talking about home, talking about belonging, and here's what I know to be true about Orlando, is that Orlando is a city of lost children. Orlando is a city of lost children, and lost children need a home. Orlando is a city of lost children, and lost children need a home, right? So if you're hanging out around here, here's what we're trying to do at the table. Here's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, hey, look, we know that our satisfaction and belonging can only be found in Jesus. We want to try to do that together. We want to help create a kind of home on earth for each other centered around Jesus, and some of us have found a home here, right? And those of us that have found a home here, here's what we're saying. We're like, look, this home is too great not to try to give it to everybody. We want to, Orlando is a city of lost children, and lost children need a home. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to create a home for lost children to find Jesus. And when we found a home, turn around and help another lost kid find a home. So I was actually um, in a group um, last um, last fall, I was, I was in a group setting, and um, we do this a lot, where we kind of sit in circles and kind of share what's going on in our lives. So I was in this group, and uh, one of the members of this group, um, uh, this person was saying how they were going through some family stuff, right? A lot of us, a lot of us going through family stuff, right? So this person was going through family stuff and trying to process that, and just was, but had just become aware that family just family stuff was going on, was like, was like processing that in real time. Um, you know, and we're sitting there and we're listening. Another member in the group, this is what they say. They said, you know what? 
I hear you, what's going on in your family stuff. And you know what? Two years ago, I was also going through a lot of family stuff. But God provided a home for me at the table. And God provided a family for me at the table. So when I was having to process my family stuff two years ago, the table was the best place for me to be. I felt like I had family there and a home there where, they could, where I could process. And you know what? I think the same thing's gonna happen for you. Is that as you're processing your family stuff, as you're processing your hardships of life, that the table is a really safe place and you're in a really good spot being here to process. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, I thank you for your steadfast love. God, thank you. Jesus, that you were God, that you were king sitting on your throne. God, and we know that in you and in you alone is where we find our true satisfaction in nothing else. God, and we try and we try and we try and we try. And God, there is no satisfaction outside of you. I'm praying, God, that you awaken our hearts, waken us up to ourselves, not God knowing that you put your identity and your image in us. God, that we will follow you with everything that we have. God, I pray for us just to be safe, to find belonging in you. God, and I pray that we can do that together here at the table. I pray that the table is a really safe place where we can find belonging. So I love you, in Jesus' name, amen.